0: We trust that as it goes out now that people will believe it, receive it, act upon it and be blessed and be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Again, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hands real high and our ushers will get you one. We just ask that you leave them on the seats when you leave. And that way we can use them again next week. All right, mark the fourth chapter and the first verse. Let's turn there. Mark the fourth chapter and the first verse. And again he, Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables. Now a parable is a simple story that illustrate, it uses natural things to illustrate spiritual truths. So a parable is a simple story... That uses natural things to to teach and illustrate spiritual truths. So he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. Now Jesus is is teaching. Let's listen to what he says. He says, listen. Think about that. Jesus is telling us, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirty fold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is something that Jesus said again and again, particularly when he was addressing the church in the book of Revelation. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. You know, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And I want to ask you a question this morning, title this message, Are You Listening? Are you listening? One thing that I have learned over the many, many years of teaching, both teaching school, teaching mathematics at the junior high school level, high school level, junior college level, and teaching the church, and one thing I've learned that just because people have ears, that doesn't mean they're listening. And just because people heard you say something didn't mean, doesn't mean they really listened to what you said. You need to realize that. I see this in marriages a lot. The one spouse will say something to the other, and just because you heard your spouse say something doesn't mean you really listened to what they said and i've watched people for for better than twenty years uh, sit and listen you know they, they they hear the message, but they don't really listen. To what's being said. And you see those same people. You know five years. Ten years. Fifteen years. Twenty years. Come and go. And they're no better off. Than when you met them in the first place. Actually they've gone backwards. You know. At at a certain point. We need to not only hear what's being taught. But we need to listen to it. And then act upon it. You see. And uh, as we'll see. This is the most important parable Jesus ever taught. It's known as the parable of the sower. It's the most important parable Jesus ever taught in which he describes four different types of people. Four different types of people who hear the word of God and how they react to what they hear. How they react to what they hear. You know, people can react so differently having heard the exact same thing. Um... You know, I see in the Bible, Peter stood up and preached the gospel message to a group of people and their hearts were melted in repentance. And then at another time, Stephen preached the same gospel message to a group of people and their hearts were hardened in anger. Both groups heard essentially the same thing. One group's heart was melted in repentance and the other group's heart was uh, hardened in anger. Did you ever think about this? The same sunlight that melts wax also hardens clay. Did you ever think about that? And so it's important that that we not just hear the Word of God, but we really, anybody can hear, anybody can sit and, and hear something, you know, if you got ears. But not everybody listens to what is being said. And uh, I know this over the many years that I've taught uh, the Word of God. I, I've taught messages and uh, with a clear intent of what I was trying to get across and people would come up and and one person said, you know, I got such and such. Well, that's not what, what the intention was. And then somebody else will come up and say, well, I got such and such. And, and, and a lot of times people, they miss the forest for the trees. Did you get what I just said? How many got what I just said? They miss the forest for the trees. And and so it's important and, and like a lot of times in parables, when you study Jesus' parables, a lot of times people concoct all kinds of crazy things out of his parables. You need to realize that when you're studying Jesus' parables, you have to keep things very, very simple. The parables are simple, real loud say simple. simple. They're simple. Natural stories that illustrate spiritual truths. Another place where people get in trouble on his parables is where you try to make every word mean something. And not every word means some mysterious truth. What I mean by that is, is we want to just get the simple message that Jesus is trying to get across to us. We don't just want to hear it, but we want to listen to it. Now, if you're listening, real loud say, I'm listening. All right. Well, let's see here. Now, notice in this parable, he listed four groups. One group was what? By the wayside. And then there was the stony ground. And then there was among thorns. And then there was good ground. Now, how many groups? Let's see if you're listening. How many groups? Four. Four. There was by the wayside, stony ground... Among thorns and good ground. Now, everybody that I've ever met, including you, fall into one of those four groups. There's no exceptions. Everybody in this in this world that's ever heard the word of God falls into one of those four groups. By the wayside, among stony ground, among thorns, or good ground. And it's interesting, of these four groups... Only one produces. Only one. We we just read that. We'll say more about it as we go. But but as you, if you just look at what we've already read, there's four groups. Only one produces. How many would like to be in that group? I, I, how many would like to be in? I'd like to be in there. Of these four groups, only one produces, and in that group that produces he talked about what 30 fold then what 60 and a 100 so in that one group there's four groups and that one group that produces jesus mentioned three other groups within that one and and only one of those produced to the full so if you you need to think about this now listen to this one-fourth of the people who hear the word of god will produce you agree with me on that only one-fourth of the people that hear the word of God are going to produce. And of that one-fourth of the people that hear the word of God that produce, only a third of them are going to produce to the fullest capacity. Now, if I lost you in that, listen to this. I did the math on this, trust me. One out of twelve people are eight percent of people who hear the word of God will produce to the fullest extent? You need to think of it. Only eight out of one hundred people who hear the word of God will produce to the fullest extent. And I and I know that's the that's the God's honest truth. I've been doing this a long time, folks, and and, and that's exactly right. If you preach the word of God to a hundred people over a course of time. 100 people over the course of time there's only 8 of those people that are going to produce to the full and and most of them are going to fall in those other three groups and not produce anything did you hear did you hear that it's sad isn't it now, it can be very discouraging for the, 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 the pastor or the teacher of the word of God to think that of a hundred people that hear him preach, there's only eight people that's going to really get it and produce to the full. That leaves 92 people that most of which aren't going to pr- ever produce anything. But I learned a long time ago, you know what I do? I just shoot for those eight people, glory to God. And I I preach like everybody's going to get it. I realize only eight people out of a hundred are going to get it. But I just go like everybody's going to get it. Amen? Because I don't want to cheat those eight people. Is that right? So I'm not going to be discouraged by the 92. I'm going to be encouraged. Thank God there's eight people's going to get it. How many like to be one of those eight people? Now you can be. This isn't up to God. It's up to you. You can be one of those eight people. God wants everybody to be one of those eight people. But it's up to you. Now, Jesus goes on to explain this parable and gives us more insight to each of these four groups. So let's look here, pick up in verse 10, and really listen to this so that you can be one of those 8% that produce to the full. Notice Mark 4 and 10, but when he was alone, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. It's very important. That line there, you might, that phrase, you might underline that. Hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them, And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? What he was saying there was this. If you can't understand this parable of the sower, you're not going to be able to get any of the other teaching that Jesus did. So this is pretty important. How many is glad I'm going over it with you this morning? Grab a hold of this because if you can't get this one, you're not going to be able to get anything else. Now look here at Mark 4.14. Notice this. He says, The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. The sower, what does the sower sow? The word. Now, what I want you to do to get the fullness of this parable, I also want you to turn in your Bibles and just hold your place in Matthew 13 and in Luke 8. Matthew 13 and in Luke 8. Because you need to realize that Jesus, he gave this parable, but Mark gives a, a, an account of it, Matthew gives an account of it, and Luke gives an account of it. And to get the fullness of what Jesus was saying, you have to put Matthew, Mark, and Luke together. John didn't speak about that. He didn't give this parable, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke did. And to get the fullness of what Jesus is saying here, you need to look at this in all three gospel accounts and put them together to get the full picture. So, so Mark 4 is where we opened. You need Matthew 13 and Luke 8. Now notice in Mark 4.14 again, Jesus said the sower sows the word, okay? Now Luke 8.11, notice this, Luke 8.11. He says, now the parable is this, the seed is the what? the word of god the seed is the word of god the seed is the word of god now actually we're fulfilling this parable right here this morning i'm here as the sower and i'm doing what i'm sowing the word and seed as i teach this bible the seed is going forth and the seed is the word of god and it's going to fall upon now are you going to hear it are you going to just hear it or are you going to listen to it well i hope you listen to it and it's going to it's going to go into your ears and it's going to go into your spirit and then we're going to find out which of these four groups you are now notice here in luke 8:11 he says the parable is this the seed is what is the seed The seed is the what? The The seed is the word of God. Now, here in this parable, did he say that the seed was your money? No. No. What did he say? He said the seed is what? The word of God. God. All right. Now, back to Mark 4. Let's start looking at these four groups and let's see which group you're in. Look at this. Mark 4.15. And these are the ones by the wayside. So let's look at this first group. The sower sows the word. The seed is the word. And, and, and these are the ones by the wayside. This first group here now. Where the word is sown. When they hear. Satan comes. Notice they heard the word. Satan comes immediately. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. See, now what Jesus did is he gave the parable and then when he was alone with his disciples, he explained it to them. Now we're going through the explanation. I remember when he gave the story, he said the sower you know, he scattered the, scattered the seed and what happened? The birds came down and devoured it. Remember that? But now he's telling us what that means. He's saying that when the word of God goes forth and people hear that word, the, the birds are representative of who? Of Of Satan coming and what? Taking away the word that was sown. So what happens when the word goes forth? Satan comes immediately to do what? To steal that word. Is is that right? To take that word away from you. Now if you just read this in Mark's account, you're going to sit there like I did years ago and think, Oh my gosh, I don't have a chance. I hear the word of God and before I can do anything with it, Satan comes and steals it. Well, if you read Mark's account, that's what you're left thinking. But we need to go to Matthew's account to really un, to really grab this, to see what Jesus was saying. Look at Matthew 13, 19. Matthew 13, 19. Let's look at this. Matthew 13, 19. Notice this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not what? doesn't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away the word that was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. The key right here is understand. Underline that. Understand. Highlight it or underline it. You see, Satan, listen to me, Jesus never said that when you hear the word, Satan is going to come immediately and steal it from you. He never said that. What he said was, is that when you hear the word of God, if you don't understand it, then Satan is going to come and steal it from you. That's what he said. Now that word understand, if you study it out, here's what it means. It means, it doesn't just simply mean, like if I said to you the derivative of x squared is 2x, most of you aren't going to understand that. that. Is that right? You're at disadvantage because you've not studied math. He's not talking about that kind of understand. What he's talking about is this. When you hear the word of God and you don't understand it. Here's what this word understand means. When you hear the word of God and you don't pay attention to it, when you hear the word of God and you don't consider it, when you hear the word of God and you don't study it, when you hear the word of God and you don't think upon it, when you hear the word of God and you don't meditate on it, when you hear the word of God and you just, you just come and you just sit and 92 out of 100 people, I think more or less of those do this. They come to a service, they sit, they listen to the message, and then they don't ever do anything else with it. They don't, they don't, they don't take notes. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't turn in the Bible. They don't, they, they just sit there and they listen. And they, you know, just, I hope he gets done so we can beat the, early today, so we can beat the Baptist at the Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And so you've heard the word of God, but you haven't esteemed it. You haven't, you haven't given it proper place in your life. You haven't done anything to, to try to, to meditate on it or think upon it. And dear friends, the devil will steal the word from your heart Not before you get out to your car. Before you get to that back door, He will steal it and 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 you will never produce anything for God in your life. All you did was wasted your time and came and sat and listened to me teach. You'd have been better off going watching a wrestling match. You won't have many preachers say that, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Did you hear what I just said? Is it alright if I'm just honest with you? So you come and you you, you come and, and, and you listen, you hear, you listen, you hang on every word, you turn, you, you keep it in front of you, you mark some notes down, or you know, you, you, when you leave here, you meditate on it, you get later this afternoon or sometime this next week, you get back into these notes and these sermons and these messages, you can go online and get them for free, and you get back in and you dig in there, and you esteem the Word of God, and you put it first place in your life, and you think about it, meditate on it, I mean the people in the old testament there were people in the old testament kings and they they'd bind it around their neck and keep it right in front of them you, you know so that they could act on it do what it says because you see if you if, if you don't pay it any mind and you don't esteem it and you don't put it for the word of god now for i don't i'm not talking about my message i'm talking about the word of god you don't keep it first place in your life then the devil is gonna steal it from you later or immediately immediately, immediately. did you get did you get that So the devil can only steal the word from you if you don't pay it any mind. But if you'll pay attention to it and and go the extra mile to understand it and and esteem it, then the devil cannot steal it from you. He's powerless. Do you hear me? Now look at Luke 8.12. I want to point this out to you. Because everybody who has ever heard every sinner now every sinner who's ever heard the gospel message and 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 didn't act upon it falls in this group by the wayside look at luke 8:12 those by the wayside are those ones who hear then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should what believe and be saved would you agree with me that that makes sense A sinner hears the gospel message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And they're called to receive Jesus. But they don't pay any attention to that word. And then because they don't pay any attention to it, what happens? The devil comes and steals it. And they never believe on it. And they one day die and go to hell. Isn't that sad? But not only does this apply to uh, sinners... But I've seen a whole lot of people over the years, I've taught the word of God concerning healing. How many of you know God wants you well? And I've taught the word concerning healing. And I've had Christians, I'm talking Christians, people who received Jesus as Savior, they were born again, they were saved, but but they'd hear me teach on healing, and they were just dead set against it. Because maybe they were taught as a young child that God wanted them sick or God was putting sickness on them or who knows what the reason. But I've had people sit and, and I've preached some of the best messages I can muster on healing and and they don't pay any attention to it. They just sit there, roll their eyes, look at it. And then later on they die and they didn't have to. Did you hear what I just said? And then again, I've taught messages on prosperity. I believe God wants us to prosper. How many of you know not everybody's going to be a gazillionaire? But God wants us to have more than enough. You understand? Did you hear me? And I've sat and I've stood and I've taught people who sat there listening to me teach on prosperity and how God wanted them to prosper. And, and, and they just sit there. They just roll their eyes. They can't wait till the message over is over. They never do. They never do really listen to what the word's saying about prosperity and they never do act upon it. And years come and years go and they're just as broke as when I met them 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Did you hear me? What, what, how do we, what does that prove? That proves that there's only about eight, eight people that are going to produce to the full. Is that right? And most people aren't going to ever produce anything. Now is it up to God or is it up to you? It's up to, me. it's up to you, isn't it? Did you hear me? You see, when the word of God goes forth, two things happen. Satan comes immediately to steal it. But Romans 10, 17, you don't have to turn there, but the Bible says faith comes by hearing hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when the word goes forth, two things happen. Satan comes to see what you're going to do with it. And if you don't do anything with it, he's going to steal it. However, when you hear the word of God, you also have the opportunity to be in faith or to believe it. So it's up to you what you're going to do with it. Totally up to you. Totally up to you. So here's by the wayside. Now then, let's look at the next one. Mark 4.16, stony ground. Look at this. Mark 4.16, stony ground. Stony ground. Mark 4.16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, notice all four groups hear the same word. When they hear the word, immediately Receive it with gladness. Now, I personally believe, I've been doing this a long time, I personally believe, and I've seen a lot of people, I personally believe that, that people in this group are, are the people who have, an, who have an emotional experience. They mentally accept the word of God. Uh, but they really don't it never really gets into their heart They, in other words they they will hear me I, I've seen this I wish I had a dollar for every time I've seen this I'll get up and I'll teach a message on the importance of servitude the importance of putting your hand to the plow the importance of serving in the local church and I've had people oh, yeah oh yeah pastor Woo-hoo-hoo. yeah man that blessed me today yes indeed I'm in pastor I'm in I'm in I'm in. I'm just, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. I-N-N. In. We've got to loosen these people up. In. Count me in. And so you'll see them show up at their post for a week or two. You know what I mean, show up at a post. How many knows what I mean? Show up to do their assignment. Show up to usher, door greet, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, they're (laughs) O-U-T-T-T-T. If these people really knew my sense of humor, they'd, they'd be laughing. They, they don't. They don't. God bless you all. Notice verse 17 they have no root in themselves and endure only for a what? For a what? For a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they what? They stumble. Or we could say they become offended. Or really what happens here, they fall away or they give up and they quit. You need to realize something else about the devil. When you make a commitment to do something for God, the devil is going to put the pressure on you to see what you're made of. To see if you really made a heartfelt commitment or if you were just shooting steam out of your mouth. Do you hear me? And this group of people are the group of people that are just shooting steam out of their mouth. They have an emotional—I mean—and at the time, at the time, I'm convinced they really, they really, they really mean what they're saying. But it's not—he talks about they have no root in themselves. See, whenever I ask somebody to serve in a in a leadership position, I always tell them I I don't want you to tell me yes right now and i don't want you to tell me no right now i want you to get alone for however long week two weeks whatever it is i want you to pray about it and then i want you to come in and if it's yes it's yes and if it's no it's no and i always tell people i'll have more respect for you if you'll tell me no than if you tell me yes i'll serve and then you do it do it just for a short time and quit because, see, when I when I ask somebody to serve in a position, and I seldom, seldom do it because I like people just to volunteer, but, but if I ever ask somebody, I want people to think through it. I want them to pray about it. I want there to be some root to their decision. Did, did you get what I just said? I, I'm so tired of dealing with fly-by-night people. I've just got my guts full of those people. I want people that make a commitment to serve God and that are going to be in it for the long haul. Did you hear what I just said? Did you, did you get that? And and, and and did you ever notice I don't ever get up here and try to get you in an emotional frenzy and tell you, you know, that if you'll give in this offering, that, that man, the money's going to come flowing your way? Did, did you know that, have you ever seen me do that? See, I want you to do what the Bible says. I want you long before you ever get to church, I want you to get alone with God and find out what He wants you to do. And then when you come, you've already got some root in you, brother, and you come and you've already made the decision. I don't want people given out of an emotional frenzy. You'll get no credit for that. Did you hear me? How many is alright? But these people here, they get, they, they, they hear the word and they get so excited about it. That's why you have to be real careful, particularly with a lot of the prosperity teaching. I believe in prosperity, but some of those prosperity teachers will get you flying higher than a kite. Promise you the world with a fence around it and the moon too and the stars if you'll give into their offering. And you can, get, you can get in such a frenzy. Man, if I give in this offering, all of my debt is going to magically be canceled. You know, you can't find supernatural debt cancellation in the Bible. You find it in two places that I'm aware of, and those two places were special circumstances. Did you hear me? But I've seen people give offerings out of an emotional frenzy. I've seen people volunteer to serve out of an emotional frenzy because they hear the Word of God. They get so excited, but there's no root and it's just emotional, it's mental level, it's not heartfelt, it's it's just emotional. And then they step into that role, and then the devil hits them with some kind of pressure, and things get rough, things get hard, and then immediately, since there's no root, they just give up and quit, and you don't see them hardly anymore. I don't want you to be that kind of person. Listen to Mark 4.17. We don't have this on the... On the uh, projection system in the message Bible, but listen to this mark four seventeen here 's what the message Bible says concerning this person, but there is such sh- but there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arises, there is nothing to show for it. Did you get that? Did you hear that? Such shallow character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arises, there's nothing to show for it. Like I said, I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody has volunteered for something. And whoo I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. and then you, And then it's not even a lot of times, it's not even that the devil hits them with something. It's just you ask them to be on time. Are you asking them to serve with a good and a proper attitude we've We've already had people get upset over the many years because on the worship team, Pastor Diane asked one person to stand on one side and one person just to move and stand on the other. Well, we quit. Now you know, come on, tell me, friends, those people don't have any any they're just shallow of character. Is that right? Come on. We want to be better than that, don't we? Huh? So then, let's move on to among thorns. Among thorns. You getting anything out of this, or am I just boring you, silly? How many am I boring you, silly? You wouldn't vote anyway, would you? Look at Mark four eighteen. I don't know what else to do but just give you the word of God. I, you know, I think that's the best thing in the end, isn't it? Mark four eighteen. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. When uh, they are the ones who hear the word, they all heard the same word, didn't they? And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. There's nothing wrong with 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 money. It's wrong when it's nothing wrong with having money. It's wrong when money has you. And money, if you're not careful, there's a deceitfulness to it. You've got to be watchful with covetousness and greed. The deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Actually, if you study this out in Matthew and Luke, it's not so much that the word becomes unfruitful, it's that the person is choked. And they are unfruitful because they've heard the word of God and as they begin to move upon the word of God, something happens. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter in and and they get choked. And you see the things mentioned here are things that will distract us from the Word of God and cause us not to produce. How many in here besides me, you've ever heard the Word of God and, 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 and you began to move upon it and it wasn't so much that the devil was attacking you with something, but it's just something else came up. Huh? Something else just came up. Something else just came up. I I, I say this with a good and a right heart. I, you know, I don't mean anything by it. People want to know sometimes how come my wife and I are are, are so blessed. Well, we made a decision long, long time ago. I can still read. No, that was another song. Long, long, long time ago. I had to make, and she had to make decisions. Now this was us. you do whatever you want. Wednesday nights was church night i didn 't teach school on wednesday nights now i didn't I did at Rama because of a special circumstance. this was for two years but but I always put i always put I always put the House of God in front of everything else, except my family. Did you hear me? How many of you know you ought to keep your family first? But I always kept the Word of God first. And I always kept the house of God, service in the house of God. Always have. Always have. There was a day I used to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And then I'd look for other services to go through during the... You know what I'm, what I'm talking I put the Word first. I put, I put God first. I did that all those years ago. And now, bizarrely blessed... We've produced. I'm living proof that this works. Did you hear me? There's a day I didn't have enough money to hardly pay attention. Now we're wonderfully blessed. I don't I I'm just trying to tell you I'm not flaunting up, I'm not doing nothing like that. I'm just telling you that if you want to go anywhere and produce anything, you're going to have to make a decision to put this word first place, the house of God first place. God's going to have to be more I didn't say I didn't say the pastor. I said God is going to have to be more important to you than the baseball game, than the Cubs. Well, uh, hope Well, I shouldn't have said that. I mean... But God's going to have to be more important to you than the Cardinals, than the Rams, than the Blues, than the basketball game, than the golf tournament, than, than, than your car, than hunting, fishing. God is going to have to be more important to you than anything else. And it's only then that you set yourself into a position that God is able to use you and bless you and make you a blessing to bless other people. Can you say amen? And you don't get there overnight. It takes time. It takes time of putting God first. It takes years of doing this. But if you'll do this for years, it'll eventually pay off. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? The desires for other things. I have watched so many people. They start out with God and they're going so good. And then something comes up. Something comes up. Something comes up. This comes up. That comes up. This comes up. That comes up. Uh Uh-oh. If I do this, I can make more money. Yeah, I've watched men already. They get offered offer and make more money. And yeah, they made more money, but the decision they made, pull their family out of church. They made more money, but their family's going to hell in a handbasket. Now, which would you rather have? A blessed family or more money? I'd rather have a blessed family. How about you? You don't make decisions based on more money. You make decisions based on what God's telling you to do. And if you do what God's telling you to do, He'll bless you somehow or way or another. Can you say amen? I'm getting real bold in here, but is that alright? Are you getting what I'm talking about? Don't let, well, something came up, don't let something come up and pull you out of the will of God. I understand people have to work. We have to work. I remember when we went to Bible school. I didn't go to midweek services because I had, I had to work. She worked on Sunday morning. So I, I, we understand all that. But there comes a place in time where you have to make a decision. What's the most important thing to me? You have to get there. And then you have to make the right decision that God is more important to me than anything else. You know, this something comes up. It just, it's just in my heart to keep saying it. Some, you know, I watch people be pulled right out of the will of God because something came up. Tell me what's more important than serving God. Is there anything more important than serving God? Is there anything more important than serving God? Something came up. Something came up. Something came up. There's nothing that can come up that's more important than serving God. I, and somebody in here needs to hear that. It, it, something came up. There's nothing that can come up that's more important than serving God. Can you say amen? And we could go on and on. How many of you know? How many's ever heard of Martha? Martha and Mary? Remember, Mary sat at Jesus' feet to hear the Word of God, and and Martha, she was was distracted with much serving. How many of you know that the people did need to eat? She did need to prepare food, but you see, in that decision, if you have to make a, a, a decision between serving food or sitting at Jesus' feet to hear the Word of God, what's the right choice? Sit at Jesus' feet to what? Hear the Word of God. And we could go on and on and on and on. Remember that rich young ruler came up to Jesus and had a conversation with him. And to that man, Jesus said, sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. Remember, uh, uh, that man walked away from Jesus, didn't he? And the Bible said he had great possessions. I like to say it like this, the great possessions had him. Did you hear me? The Bible said, Paul says this. Paul said about a man named Demas. He said, Demas has forsaken me and left me and, and walked out of the will of God and left me having loved this present world. Let me tell you, what in this, what does this world have to offer that's better than God? I can't think of anything. I can think of things that this world can offer your flesh. But I tell you what, that's just short-lived. That's short-lived. Did you hear what I just said? That's short-lived. The world can offer you drugs, but those drugs will make you sick, won't they? The world can offer you alcohol and you can get such a high and feel so good, but let me tell you, there's a morning after where you're puking your guts out in the toilet. Is that right? I'm just giving you the other side of being drunk. I've never been drunk, but I've seen people get drunk, and boy, they're having a time when they are drunk, but the next morning, I shouldn't have said that, but it, it's just vomiting your head off into the toilet. Now that's no way to live, is it, friends? Don't, 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 don't follow after alcohol. Don't follow after drugs. Don't follow, don't follow after sex outside of marriage. How many of you know? Uh, there is fun in in, in, in in sexual things, but I tell you what, study the Bible. If you take it out of wedlock, it will chew you up and it will spit you out. And it will leave you with gravel in your mouth. Some of you this afternoon ought to go, go out to a place over my house. I got a lot of gravel. Come over there and put some gravel in your mouth and see how that feels. That's what the Bible says. If you take sex out of me- husband and wife and you encounter it, can be some of the most fun. But I tell you what, in the morning, it'll leave you like you got gravel in your mouth. Listen to the man of God. Listen to me. You don't have to experience it to find it out. Listen to the word of God and it'll save you a lot of hell and heartache. Can anybody say amen? amen. I didn't know why I'm saying a lot of this stuff. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. None of that part was in my notes. The point I'm trying to make is, is when you make a decision to serve God, everything under the sun can come up to pull you away. Money, I want more money, I want more pleasure, I want more this, I want more that, I want more... And I tell you what, if you leave the things of God to go after that, you might have pleasure temporarily, but eventually you're going to wind up with the feeling of just gravel in your mouth. Take it from me. Make a decision. Don't let anything pull you away from the Word of God. You stay in the book. Can you say amen? amen. The Bible says in Matthew 13, I'm almost done, but look at this. Matthew 13, 22. Sometimes I get a little animated in the pulpit. Some things I, sometimes I say things like, what did I just say? Puking your guts out in the toilet. Now you see, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but maybe that will get through to somebody and they'll understand what I just said. Amen? Amen. The cares of this life and the longing for money choke out God's word and he does what? Less and less. Is that is that Matthew 13:22 in the Living Bible? Let's get the Living Bible. Do we have that one? Look at the end of, look at that. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Is that the living... Do we have the living Bible? Do we have the living Bible? That's a new living translation. Do we not have that one? That's my fault. Well, anyway, I don't want to do less and less for God. I want to do more and more. How about you? Huh? Mark 4.20. Mark 4.20. We'll close with this. Mark 4.20 Good ground. How many of you want to be good ground? Folks, you're just going to have to bear with me. When when the anointing of God hits me, I just, sometimes I get off my notes. Is that okay? Sometimes we have more fun when I get off my notes than when I'm on them. Mark 4.20 But these are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word of God and what do they do? They what? This is New King James Version. What do they do? They accept it. That means they understand it, they consider it, they study it, they think upon it, they meditate on it, they keep it before them, they esteem it. And what do they do? They bear fruit some 30, 60 and 100 fold. But what does this group do? They accept it. And in that word, accept it, it means that they they consider it, they study it, they think upon it, they meditate on it, they keep it before them, they esteem it, and they're the ones that produce. Look at, look at Luke 8.15. Luke, Luke 8.15 will give you Luke's account of this. Look at this. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, Luke 8.15, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word... With a noble and a good heart. What's those next two words? They they what? Real loud with everything. And you say keep it. it. Say it again. They keep it it and they bear fruit with patience. They keep it. They keep on keeping on. They keep on keeping on. They hear it. They esteem it. They consider it. And they keep on keeping on. They don't let something come up to pull them away from it. They don't let some ham-handed excuse... To keep them away from it. I've already, I know of one fella that, that, that would, would, would drive to the Colorado Rocky Mountains in a massive ice storm from St. Louis to get to those mountains. But if you had a little dusting of snow, they would call in and say they couldn't make it to church. Did you get what I just said? you tell me what's important to that man. The Rocky Mountains are more important than the Word of God. Is that right? And that man was pretty much broke when I met him and he's still broke 25, 30 years later. How many of you want to keep the Word of God and prosper? I know of another guy that he, 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 he drove through a massive ice snowstorm to get to the Super Bowl. But whenever there was a little sprinkling of rain, he'd drive hundreds of miles through an ice storm to get to the Super Bowl. But when there was a little sprinkling summer rain, the roads might be too slick to get to the house of God, to drive 10 miles. That man was goofed up when I met him. He's still goofed up today. Now what's more important, driving to the Super Bowl or coming to the house of God? Super Bowl is more important? No. What's more important? The house of God or the Super Bowl? At least they were honest. Praise God. No, they were teasing. I think I tripped them up. Come on. What's more important? The Super Bowl or the house of God? Okay. They meant to say the house of God. So scratch that from the tape. (laughs) That one day I was preaching in here and I was preaching about when we're dead to sin. And I said, have you ever seen a dead man commit adultery? And somebody said, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm almost done. Say, keep it. Keep it. Luke 8.15, now in the New Living Translation, I think we have this one. I want you to look at this. The last verse here says, of Luke 8.15, New Living Translation, says that, see the New King James said, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The New Living Translation says, produces a huge harvest. Now, now, before I close, I just want to tell you this. I used to look at this parable through the eyes of the prosperity teachers. Now, I believe in prosperity. I just don't believe in it the way you hear a lot of the prosperity people preach. I don't believe you can put in one dollar and expect a hundred back out. But I believe that you can be a consistent tither and giver and you can believe God and He'll meet your needs. But I always looked at this this producing of 30, 60, and 100-fold. I always looked at it through their eyes because that's how I learned this, through the eyes of some of those guys. And I always looked at this as, oh, I'll produce 30-fold of money or 60. Let's get our mind off of a corruptible thing like money. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. You know what this has been talking about all along and the Holy Ghost finally got it through to me? This is not talking about Money. He warned us about the deceitfulness of riches. This isn't talking about money. You know what this has been talking about all along? Souls. Because if you read this in the Living Bible, and I don't think we have it, but listen to this in the Living Bible about this fourth group of people. But the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people that listen to God's words and cling to them and steadily spread them to others who also soon believe. What does that tell us? That simply tells us that we're supposed to hear the word of God, cling to it, keep it, and be a soul winner and produce fruit. That does fruit doesn't mean money. It means souls. When you look at fruit in the Bible, there's the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, and all that. But there's also fruit. When God talks about fruit, he's talking about souls being one. And so that's why this parable is so important. You see, if we hear the word of God and we don't esteem it, then what's going to happen is, is we're going to go our way, the devil's going to steal it, and we're never going to share Jesus with anybody. The other group is we're going to hear the word of God on how important it is to win souls, and you'll have people get excited about that, and they'll show up to the outreach for a couple of times, But then all of a sudden, things will get hard. The devil will put a little pressure on, and then you never see him again, and no souls are produced. This third group, they hear the word of God, and they begin to go out as a soul winner and begin to produce fruit. But then something comes up, and this comes up, and that comes up, and the next thing you know, no souls are won. God is interested in souls and what this is talking about is we hear the word of God we grab a hold of it, we hang on every word, we keep it in front of us we esteem it, we do everything we can to understand it and then with a good and a right heart we begin to keep it, we don't let things come up to keep us from it but we keep it and we keep on keeping on and keep on keeping on and we keep on walking in the word of God and then we begin to produce fruit and then we begin to get one one over here to the Lord and then we get one, one over here to the Lord and then we get one, one over here to the Lord and then we lead this person to the Lord and then we lead that person to the Lord and the next thing you know we're beginning to produce fruit. This doesn't have anything to do with money. It has to do with souls. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to caution you. The Bible talks about being a forgetful hearer. When you hear the word of God don't be a forgetful hearer. But be a doer of the work. A forgetful hearer is somebody that falls in this first group. They hear the word of God. They don't pay any attention to it. And they just forget it. The devil steals it. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the work. Be like that wise man Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, the wise person is the one who hears my words and does them and they build their house on the rock and then the storms come, but the house stands. Don't be like the foolish man who hears the word of God and then you never act on it and the devil steals it from you and then the storm comes and then your house falls. Let's be wise. Say, I want to be wise say I'm going to hear the word of God I'm going to cling to it I'm going to act on it I'm not going to let the devil steal it from me I'm going to have a root in my heart I'm not going to let tribulation or persecution pull me away from it I'm going to keep on keeping on and I'm not going to let anything come up to pull me away from it. But I'm going to cling to it. I'm going to practice it. And I'm going to produce fruit. And I'm going to be a soul winner. Glory to God. Let's stand up in the